Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tightening some of my trousers. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Morgan, floating one for the front left pylon. Climbing the ladder is Rashad Bateman, and Minnesota's got a touchdown. Morgan looks the other way. He's looking for that front left pylon, and Bateman again. He's got him again. That's another Minnesota touchdown. Back right corner of the end zone. Again, it's Bateman for another touchdown. Well, it's quite an accomplishment, but everybody picked us to be sixth in the West. You know, I think that's, uh, you know, you kind of go by where people pick you from the outside. And you know what kind of team you have. And I remember telling everybody in January, I said, I really like this football team. Can't promise you what they're going to do. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I really like this football team. Uh, this is the first 10-win regular season since 1905. This is the first seven-win regular season in the history of our school in the conference. Think about that for one second. And we're going to get a foot of snow, baby. A Minnesota welcome for college game day. Oh, it's going to be great. Judd's back in town. Judd brought uh, winter weather with him from New York. Wouldn't miss us for the world. Uh, Rami out in Milwaukee. Both. Yeah. Yeah, I would miss this. I would definitely miss this for the world. I love this. It wouldn't take it wouldn't take the world. I'm more than happy to miss it. This simply is... because simply because people don't know how to drive. People do not know how to drive without snow, much less with snow. I don't need to deal with that. Oh, but what but game day. Game day? Now that that I that I two thirty kick through that, the snow, the I'm ice. I'm gonna have FOMO. I'm gonna conditions. have FOMO when it comes to game day. Do you know what? I have never been happier than I am right now that the University of Minnesota didn't put a roof on it. Because if they put a roof on this, it'd be like, okay, you're going to play the game inside, and you know you're going to have now, to get this is inside. One place, this is one place where we'll see eye to eye. Love I'm, it. I'm I'm good with football stadiums not hashtag putting a roof on it because uh, football can and honestly is kind of fun to watch being played in the elements. So I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, we're going to get uh, the full Minnesota experience here, the full Minnesota football experience on Saturday uh, with with uh, the outdoor weather and. I just hope that it doesn't deter college game day from coming back at some point. Maybe pick an earlier time. If, if the snow scares you, hey, there's plenty of great great contests in September, North October. Mall, right? That's where they're setting now, up. Now, yep. is there going to be, is there some type of, of shelter-like thing for the crew uh, they, I think that the they crew, can build? The, the, the crew always has sort of a tent on top. Or okay. like, a, like a, it's, it's like a huge, if I'm remembering right from TV, uh-huh. uh, the crew will stay dry. Maybe not warm. I don't know if they put 
No, I don't know how many warm. cold weather locations know, they do. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, they got they got gear now, and a lot of a lot of these people who work in the media, sideline reporters, people who do outdoor shows like Game Day, they have electric heated vests and coats and and pants and things like that. And really, I was looking. I was looking at them. They're not that expensive. I was considering buying one myself. Wait, you're saying Lee Corso has like an electric? I, I can't I can't confirm invest? or deny Lee Corso specifically, but I, I I know that that those are out there. I've heard people talking about it. Yeah, this sounds dangerous. Can I expense <laughs> one of these for the corn dog suit? <laughs> well, no, but what if something goes wrong? By the way, the corn dog suit does have plenty of room. I'm sure we could wrap Jonathan some Harrison coils burns up his corn dog suit ignites. I mean, what happens if something just goes wrong? If that happens, is it, if it gets a million views, it's worth it. <laughs> oh, is that absolutely. the is that the litmus yeah, test for sure? For Sorry, sure, Jonathan, but it's totally worth it. He's but dead, but it was fantastic. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Take one for the team. Uh, we, uh, we. By the way, we can announce this now. We just, I just saw the announcement come across social media. So, uh, and this is going to only enhance Rami's FOMO. We, Mackie and Judd, anyways, Mackie and Judd with Rami and some friends. We're going to be doing a sign making party and a live broadcast on Friday at Blarney on campus from three what? until six o'clock. Now you tell me this? Get in your car, Sign man. Sign making party. Get in your car. Ross and I were just at uh, Office Depot this afternoon, literally buying all of their tag board. We're going to supply <laughs> tag board materials, markers, construction paper. Uh, you guys supply the funny the and the creative. The gopher shop, too, huh? I was at the gopher shop. I saw there. tweets. Rosedale. What? Why didn't you just go to, to the one on campus? It's closer. Uh, well, we were shopping for supplies, and okay. I needed some additional supplies for okay. a thing that we're going to do mm. that uh, you'll see tomorrow. You'll see me. You'll probably see yeah, me. Yeah, I saw whoever, whoever spotted you, the, the, the paparazzi out there who are following around Phil Mackey and tweeted out uh, where you were. You, you responded, top secret mission? This is a top secret mission? It is. All right. So let's just say uh, maybe wear a disguise next time when you're on a top secret mission. Will, willing to willing to <laughs> go to great lengths for for great content. Okay? <laughs> I sort of blew it, dude. I mean, you can't be top secret. I Hi, everybody. I'm out here. I literally walk in the store and the guy looks down at the badge. I was wearing my work badge, and the guy looks down. And he goes. He goes. Are you? He goes. Are you Phil Mackey from Score North? And I was. And I looked down at the badge. It was a very curvy enthusiasm like moment. It's like yeah. So so anyway, no. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I just robbed him and stole this off him. So Mackie and Job with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. And uh, this is your home for ESPN College football play-by-play. And the, and the Minneapolis area is going to be your home Friday and Saturday for College Game Day, which is hosted. I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but Reese Davis <laughs> is the host of College Game Day, and he joins us right now on the hotline. And Reese, it wouldn't be a proper Minnesota welcome if we didn't dump a foot of snow on your head as you're trying to travel to the Twin Cities this week. So, welcome to town yeah. early. <laughs> Enjoy, man. I just want to. I want to see that snow when we get there Saturday morning. It's not that I love snow. I've lived in Connecticut for 24 years, and I still dislike it immensely. Uh, but that said, we talk about how the crowd is another character in the show, and sometimes the weather. Uh, is also one. I think it would be perfect if we if we have some people making snow angels and maybe uh, some very tame uh, non non injury factor snowball fights out there. That'd be fun. Now, I was telling the guys before you came on because we, we were worried about how how comfortable you guys will be in the cold and in the snow. I've heard that there are vests, coats, even pants, gloves with heated coils in them that uh, that will keep you guys warm in conditions like you'll face Saturday. Is that something you've ever used, Reese? 
Yeah, well, not for heating. I think what you're talking about <laughs> is we have cool shirts. That we that we can use, and I know Desmond and I use them. I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure the other guys do. Herbie, I don't think Herbie Herbie likes them, but even though I think he's using them from time to time, I think they're great. The hundred degree day in uh, Texas this year when LSU played Texas, you put on this thing, and it's basically like uh, like spandex or you know a real tight dry fit, and it's got coils in it, and they pump water through it. You have to be connected to the main desk. Um, if you go out to the demo field now, well, then you just got another layer of spandex on and, you know, and then you're sweating like crazy. When it comes to staying warm, it's a little different. They, they usually put electric blankets on the chairs. There's some heaters around up there, but, uh, it's, um, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. There, are, there aren't any hot shirts or anything with hot <laughs> coils in there to, to, to keep you warm. So what, what is the, uh, previous to this, of course, what, what is the coldest, coldest or snowiest game day that, that you've done? And which of the, the people on that set is most likely to complain about being miserable very quickly? Because there's always somebody who's like, this is awful. De- uh, Desmond and me, uh, neither of us really like cold weather that much. Herbie, Herbie loves it. He, he would prefer. Now, he starts complaining as soon as it gets to like 78. <laughs> he wants it to be 40 or something, you know. Um, I, I, on the other hand, if choosing between 110 and 10, give me the 110 every time. But, uh, but I'm okay with it. You know, I'm, I'm accustomed to it. So it'll be Desmond and me talking. The coldest one we've had. Trying to think if this was the coldest or just snowiest. The snowiest one easily was the last time we did a show uh, from the home of P.J. Fleck. When we were at Kalamazoo, it was snowing sideways. I mean, and that was highly entertaining and fun because G. Wojciechowski did a stand-up from the demo field and snow caked onto his glasses, and he looked like Frosty the Snowman. And it, and it, was, it was the wind and the snow and kind of a wet snow uh, there was no screen over in front of the bear's cave, and the bear was get—he was getting hot because he was—he was getting mad because uh, the snow was blowing in on his stuff and on his computer. And uh, of course, of course, Herbie didn't—you know—he didn't let that go either. So he just kept winding bear up, making it matter and matter. So that was uh, that was a fun day. So it seems that the snow follows uh, follows us when we go to see PJ. So Reese Davis is with us here, host of ESPN's College Game Day. And we'll have all sorts of little nuggets for you, just pieces of information today and tomorrow for fans. The number one thing that I, I was just asking uh, Derek Volner is the, is the sort of the communications head, and we were talking a little bit ago, and he said the number one thing that he would convey to people listening and to, and to fans, that College Game Day is obviously portrayed and... Um, is sort of widely regarded as a college student gathering, but he said, I mean, if you're like Judd, you're 50. Come on, like Judd, you can you can show up and fit in just as much as like the 21 year old go for. And if a it was warmer, fan. I might. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be in the uh, the press box. <laughs> but Reese, nah, come on now, come on. <laughs> Judd, take your shirt off and sit front uh, row. Come exactly on. right. No, no, nobody wants to see that, including me. So, so Reese, so you mentioned PJ Fleck. This all, this whole season all came on very suddenly for us. I think there's been a lot of us watching Go for Football, uh, you know, hopeful that PJ Fleck was going to turn this program around, but skeptical based on oh, I don't know, the last 50 years of Go for Football. So, how legitimate do you think this is? I mean, do you think this is a a one year fun pop up and kind of a weak schedule, or do you think PJ Fleck has brought this program into a national spotlight to stay for a while? I think they're building. 
Uh, I'm not, I don't think it's a one year pop up, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they are a finished product to the point to where they're going to be, uh, perennially and, uh, in the playoff hunt. And I believe they are in the playoff hunt. They have to, you know, they obviously have to beat Wisconsin. Then I think they would have to beat Ohio State. They're not in it otherwise. Make everybody knows that. I don't think they're at a stage in their growth and development where that will be, uh, an annual thing now. I'm not saying you can never do it. I do think there's some challenges to maintaining that type of consistency. But I do believe that he is a consistent winner. Um, he's been a tremendous builder, and I think that P.J. practices what he preaches. I believe he lives his life with uh, the type of enthusiasm and, and dedication to certain principles and, and caring about players and people around him. That uh, that goes a long way toward building consistency in a program. So I don't I don't think this is a one off. Now I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think they're going to necessarily be ten and one. You know, going into the Axe game next year. I, you know, that remains to be seen. It's always tougher to maintain it. And they also have been not lately. They've done everything right to earn wins lately. But early on, they were fortunate to get through September without without a stumble. You know, or two. So I think, and I think there's some strength that can be derived from that. But, uh, you know, I do think the program is still in its developmental stage, a little bit ahead of schedule in terms of the record this year. But I do think it's sustainable for the long term in terms of being uh, uh, a winner at a, at a higher level than uh, Minnesota has been in the, as you, to use your time frame the last half century or so. <laughs> Just oh, give or take. Just 50 years, that's it. <laughs> you mentioned they are still in the hunt for the playoff, and I think Gophers fans are hoping beyond hope that that's, that's something that can happen, but I think they've they've set their more realistic hopes and expectations on, on getting to the Rose Bowl. Is that still the stage that it once was, Reese, with, with the, the college football playoff now being a part of things? When we're talking about getting in front of people, specifically in front of recruits, is the Rose Bowl still something special that holds a, a special place when we talk about those things? I believe it does, and I believe it's one of the few uh, that still holds that place outside of the playoff. It's uh, the tradition and the, the setting and the pageantry and the prestige that goes with being a Rose Bowl team is something that's ingrained over you know a long, long period of time for Big Ten teams and Pac-12 teams particularly, and it still carries a certain mystique when those outside those conferences get the opportunity to play there, you know, in, in the playoff years. So I think it is still something that's really important and carries a, a great deal of prestige and can certainly be something you can build on. It would be an amazing thing for Minnesota to play in Pasadena on New Year's Day. New Year's Day that would just be phenomenal. And you know, I think the ticket demand, you know, if if the Gophers were to be there, would just be absolutely through the roof and it would be it would be quite a setting on new year's day and i think you know obviously the playoff is the first goal and there are there are programs and there are bowl games that will find teams that are in very good bowl games very good situations and what look like high profile matchups and they'll be disappointed to be there and i don't think that is ever the case uh, in the rose bowl there may come a day when that happens but that day is not yet here snowy and cold in your mind favors which team on saturday do you think I'm not sure either because I think they both, I think they both are accustomed to the conditions. The one thing that I do think bears watching is Wisconsin has run into a fumbling problem over, over the last several games. They've had multiple turnovers in four of their last five games. They've had three or more in two of them. It's really the only, the only, uh, the only little, I wouldn't even call it a knock, but the only 
weakness in Jonathan Taylor's armor. I think he's lost five fumbles this year, and it's been something that JT's had to deal with over the course of his career. I think he's one of the greatest running backs in the history of the sport. I think he's the best running back at Wisconsin, including uh, including Dane. Uh, I think he, he's a little more explosive than Ron. Uh, you know, I mean, reasonable minds can differ on that. I have the highest regard for him. But the one thing is that he has had a little bit of a fumbling problem, and they have as a team recently. Uh, Minnesota hasn't recovered a lot of those, but a lot of times that's opportunity and just, you know, a little bit of a good fortune with the bounce of the ball. So if it's really cold, if it's really wet, and Wisconsin's had a propensity to put it on the ground a little bit, that might be something to watch. But the weather in and of itself, I don't think really favors either team. Uh, Reese Davis, last thing for you. We, we know that uh, you're a busy man and we want to be respectful of your time, but you've got a bunch of people listening who've mostly, unless they traveled to North Dakota State or they traveled somewhere else for an ESPN college game day, there's going to be a lot of first-timer fans and students on Saturday. Uh, what advice or what message would you have to a bunch of first-timers experiencing college game day for the first time? No snowballs is one. <laughs> yeah, no, we'd like for you to refrain from that. But you can, I would like for you to you know, make, make great, clever signs. Come with a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, we... We set it up so you're going to be able to see and hear the show while you're also experiencing it. We try to make sure you have a good time during breaks. Um, it's, it's an experience. It's an event. And we want you to have a good time. The number one goal that I have when we finish a show, obviously first priority has to be to the people at home. They're, you know, uh, a couple million people that watch the show uh, most weeks. So your first priority is to them. But I want everybody who comes out, to the show, to experience it in person, to walk away saying, man, I can't wait until the show comes back here again. That was fun. Yeah. And, you know, I would say come and get there early, make some signs. Uh, come and watch the moment before the show starts when uh, Corso comes out and has his little uh, moment with the crowd and the helmets. It's really cool. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. I hope people will come out. I hope they have signs that walk right up to the edge, but don't step <laughs> over the edge. You know, something that we can have a little fun with on the air. Want them to react when when we say something you like, cheer. When you say something you disagree with, boo. That's great. We we want you to be involved in the show. So um, uh, that would be my best advice for them. That and uh, and what's what's the warmest thing you can wear? Is that Gore-Tex or something? Whatever that would be. Wear, wear that. Uh, oh, by the way, one, uh, one and a half over under. Uh, how many times are Gene and or Tom Rinaldi going to make us cry? Over under one and a half. Uh, let me think about the rundown off the top of my head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that as over. Okay. Yeah, just thinking about the <laughs> wow. rundown right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you're gonna be right there. A couple of, couple of really, really neat things coming in the show that I think will, and, and you know, that's it's sort of like, uh, you know, the Jimmy V idea of the perfect day. It's something we try to do in, in the show. We want every segment of the show to make you react in some way. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to accomplish that again on Saturday. We're really excited about this show. That's Reese Davis, everybody. Thanks for joining, Reese. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thanks for having me. Reese Davis, host of ESPN's College Game Day. That was fun. So Jonathan Taylor's fumbling, huh? Yeah, That's but like, I think Rami brought this up yesterday. Now they're going to work on it all week. Somebody brought it yeah. up in the hallway. Yeah, but the cold's going to impact that. Do you know what? The Gophers owe a debt of gratitude, if I am not mistaken, to one team in town. The Vikings. Who's that? The Vikings. Because the, the Vikings spent two years while they were building U.S. Bank Stadium at TCF Bank Stadium, and that is the only reason why there are heating coils in that field. 
Otherwise, that thing would be an ice block on Saturday. Yeah, you know, Rami, the reason why there are heating coils uh, inside that field, I believe it started with unconscious foaming at the mouth Brett Favre oh, in 2010. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Corey Wooten yeah. sort of took him out, and yeah, he was bounced off. His head bounced off a basically what, what had become, by that point of the game, a hockey rink. That's not mm-hmm. a good thing. No. No, you don't want to do that. But that thing would be slippery and icy and yeah. awful if they hadn't actually installed those coils for that time that the Vikings played there. Okay, can, let's let's. So they actually have a Brett Favre concussion to thank, not necessarily the Vikings. <laughs> well, no, because the Vikings, I no no, because the le- the league mandates that if you're going to play your games full time in a stadium in the north, that you have coils in the field. So the Vikings had to do that, uh, but that place was a skating rink. Because that that was 2010. Yeah, Chris Cleveland. The game that got moved there, and and Cleveland said you have to cancel this game. And the Vikings are like that. It's our punter. Don't listen to him. He's crazy. Cleveland uh, said. Cleveland said somebody's going to uh, to get killed. He didn't specify it would darn near be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, the Vikings said we're just going to send Chris Cleveland to an island in Nukem or something like that. Well, Can't remember. Cold. But like just to just to zoom out here for a second. All right, let's just this this snapshot in time here. It's November 26, 2019. One year ago. Or two years ago, three, five years ago, whatever. If somebody would have said, hey, you guys, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, you're going to be having Reese Davis on, the host of ESPN's College Game Day. He's going to be, he's going to be joining you off the top of your show, previewing ESPN's College Game Day coming to the Twin Cities and camping out and putting a national spotlight on the biggest gopher football game, bigger than the Penn State game, the biggest gopher football game in 60 years and a gateway to potentially, potentially, the college football playoff. Six months? It, six, you, you could have three, stopped, at, three you could stopped at Rose Bowl, man. You don't need to say college football. If you had it's, stopped, sur- it's so surreal. If you had said that college game day a year ago was going to be coming here, I, I would have said something really weird ha- happened with like St. Thomas or something, and it's a one-off, some weird deal. I couldn't have imagined this. If you had stopped, I'm not joking, if you had stopped at the Rose Bowl, and said that all of these things were coming together and that, that there was a pet potential that if you win on Saturday, that you are then, even if you lose the Big Ten championship game, going to go to Pasadena, I would have been like, nah, I can't see it. Yeah. So so this is something that Rami and I kicked around yesterday. I want your thoughts on this. Uh, we're back at full strength today. And I said, I don't, even though I, th- I think there's some resetting of expectations this year, I don't think... Losing this game ruins your season because you still won 10 games in the regular season for the first time in 100 years. Uh, you still have a shot to go to a, a good bowl game, probably not the Rose Bowl anymore if you lose this game. But where are you at in terms of this game defining or or essentially making or breaking your season oh. for the Gophers? Pers- I mean, like three months ago, we would have said, oh, my God, all of this is house well, money. This is and all of this yeah. is gravy. Um, I'm here. This is the year that, because we, we don't know what's going to happen in 2020, this is the year that we talked about on the show a hundred times. Northwestern can do it. Why not the Gophers, right? Yeah. And so if they lose on Saturday, I don't think it undermines the program or something, but I do think that we are going to probably look back as the schedule in the Big Ten play, especially girls tougher again, and say, what an opportunity lost. So I'm not poo-pooing the success here, and I'm not saying if they lose, it's a huge disappointment. D- does it ruin their season? No, but I think we will always look back and say that w- that was a door or window that opened 
that in our lifetime, so I'm not talking about once every 10 years, that in our lifetime for this program might be rare. Yeah, it feels a little, I mean, it's uh, the, the twin season this year, Rami. I mean, I, if, if you don't want to put all the chips on one table and say, well, if you don't take advantage, but there are certain, you're not going to break the home run, run, uh, the home run record again, right? You're not going to, you're not going to go toe to toe with a Yankees team and have the better offense necessarily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like, I mean, even making the playoffs in Major League Baseball, six teams from each from each league make the playoffs. So, that, I mean, even that isn't an, an accomplishment in and of itself. I, college football fans, diehard college football fan is just a different breed. And God love you, man, because I don't know how you get excited or or you're happy about a season where you just ended up in some consolation bowl. Like I even have a hard time myself getting excited about a Rose Bowl. Like what what does it even really mean? Because you're, you're in Wisconsin. No, you don't know what that, it means to us. That's, it, it's no, huge. That's got, it's got nothing to do with being in Wisconsin because I said the same thing in Wisconsin when they were going to Outback Bowls every year and the occasional the occasional Rose Bowl here and there. I just don't I don't I don't know what it really means to to get to a bowl that ultimately is just an exhibition game that's that's going to make a bunch of already rich people even richer and and whatever I'm not even knocking the business model that's a whole another discussion uh, in and of itself I'm just saying I don't I don't know how you get excited about something short of the Rose Bowl I have a hard time even getting excited about the Rose Bowl not me man so so across the board with what you just said I completely agree except I will start by saying for me the difference is. The Rose Bowl. If this team, you don't know how many years we've seen this program be terrible. I mean, the Twins have won. Okay, they blew a chance. But the Twins have won, in in my lifetime at least, two World Series championships. I have seen the Vikings have great success. It's fallen short. It's been heartbreak sometimes. But the Gophers football program has been marked by what? Futility. Futility. We we get excited about a 2003 game against Michigan in the Metrodome that I believe was the third Big Ten game of that season. Yeah. Like, we were all jacked up for the third Big Ten. So, I, I completely agree with most of the bowl games. I don't like bowls. I think that for a large part, they are a waste of time now. But if you tell me that once in my lifetime that this is going to be the only time before I die that I'm going to see this team in Pasadena... I'm all in, and I don't care if it's part of the college and, football playoff and, or not. And even though I don't necessarily feel that way, Judd, I don't have the the excitement about a Rose Bowl that most do. I think I think it's a pretty cool thing. But beyond that, I I recognize how big that would be people who aren't me and to people who are who are much more hardcore gopher fans than I am or probably ever will be but anything short of a rose bowl that's why I'm saying that winning this game against Wisconsin on on Saturday is kind of make or break you did take a step forward as a program if you can capitalize on what PJ Fleck has accomplished accomplished this year even if you lose this game and don't make it to the rose bowl but if we're just talk if we're just isolating this season sure. and asking am I satisfied with with this season, if it's something short of a Rose Bowl, the answer for me is no. Yeah, and I think, man, I I think just, that, that's probably fair. I think at this point, so I've thought about this for 24 hours now. At this point, I would have two. I would have two sort of prevailing thoughts. Number one, this is an amazing step. If you lose this game, and then let's say you go on, and you play in a decent bowl game, and maybe you win the bowl game, but it's not. It's not the Rose Bowl. It's not the Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. I would still look at this season as a success, and I would say it's a huge step forward. And you still bring back. You got two more years left to Tanner Morgan, who's one of the best 15 or 20 quarterbacks in the country right now. Rashad Bateman, Bateman comes back. back. Yep. 
Uh, you got running backs. You got you got yeah, pieces. I'm not, I'm not dismissing any of that. I, I do think that that that's important moving forward. But I'm just saying, if we're if we're talking about this season in a time capsule, and you ask me, am I happy about the result of this season? If I'm a Gopher fan, if they don't make it to the Rose Bowl, for me the answer is no. Here's my question: Is is 2019 for the Gopher football program essentially what 1992 or three was at Wisconsin? which is the jumping-off point to great success, or is this all going to, to slide back? Cause let's, it's, cause let's, let's come back and answer some of that. That's a great your, question. If it's year one, then that's fantastic. Yes. But that's I, what I don't know. Let's come back and answer some of that. Also, we've got, first of all, Reese, Reese Davis off the top of the show was awesome. If you're just joining us and you miss Reese Davis from ESPN's College Game Day, you can find our podcast on the Score North app, Apple or Spotify. Here's a few more things coming up on the show today because you know, Rami's not going to be on tomorrow we got Thanksgiving on Thursday. We will be doing a live three-hour sign-making party show. Tomorrow. we got a fun speculation show, though, on Wednesday. Oh, we, yes, that's right. Uh, and by the way, having all this fun without And me. by the way, <laughs> the column has been filed. That's what I'm told. He talked oh. about it on Unchained. It's been filed for like five days. He gave one hint, which I'll get to you with you tomorrow. So uh, just to line up all these teases that we're just throwing at you guys, Friday, professional. Friday at Blarney, 3 to 6 o'clock, Sign-making party, Mackie and mm-hmm. Jeb with Rami live broadcast. Cool. We're awesome. providing the tag board, <laughs> the markers, everything, and we'll send you pictures, Rami. We'll send you pictures. Uh, Don't so do that's that. Gonna be fun. Don't send me. Speaking of pictures, stay, you should you should be tuned into my uh, Twitter account for the next two days, tomorrow and tomorrow and Thursday, if you like food. Ooh. Oh, I was going to say, is it food or something? Okay. All right. Good. Food porn. Hopefully food not. Porn oh. and, food porn and some just porn. Hopefully just the before pictures. We don't need the after pictures. <laughs> Robbie forgot his pants. I <laughs> know. Oh, I cook pantsless. That's, that's finger that's food reg- or is Robbie that's just regular? Oh, that's just, yuck. That's just regular policy. I cook pantsless. Uh, what Judd is referring to is tomorrow will be our, I believe, fourth or fifth annual Turkey of the Year speculation show. Two hours of speculating on who Patrick Royce's Turkey of the Year will be. And then uh, coming up on today's show... We have a home run edition of Write That Down in 30 minutes. Forced home runs and only home runs are allowed to be predicted. And write that down today at 5 o'clock. You guys were threatened by the run that I was making at the batting tunnel. You were like, "We got to slow Rami down. What can we do?" How no, can no, we no, throw no, a wrench no, no. Not in you guys, Rami. This is I literally no- something we've done every year. Yep. So don't also, even okay. say this is a new rule. Uh-huh. You're also totally you're also third you. in the race now. So you know, get back to us when you're back oh, in the I actual didn't hear race. Standards. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't yeah, hear he the standards. Dropped a third. Yep. Oh, sorry so, about that. Fade his mic while I talk about Federated. While I talk about a Minnesota-based insurance company. Owatonna, Minnesota, Federated has been helping business owners and giving business owners peace of mind for a very, very long time, since the early 1900s. So if you're a business owner and your business falls into one of these categories, one of these uh, buckets, auto services, cabinet and custom woodworking, retailers, wholesalers, your contractor, dealerships, funeral services, machine, plastics, tooling, a lot of umbrellas there, you can work with Federated and get that peace of mind that a lot of business owners are getting. You pour your life and your energy into a business. The last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense. But that's where Federated comes in. Federated comes in with over a century of experience in standing behind business owners and giving them that peace of mind. The website is federatedinsurance.com where you can find your Federated marketing representative. Federated also a proud sponsor of U of M Athletics. So they will be rowing out for the next few days leading up to college game day on Saturday at the bank. Federated, it's their business to protect yours.
Jonathan here with the Score North download. I'll start off letting you know about something we're doing. We announced it a little bit. The last segment here, ESPN's College Game Day is coming to Minneapolis this Saturday for what might be the biggest college football game in Minnesota history. A battle for the Axe and a trip to the Big Ten Championship game is all on the line for your Minnesota Gophers. You can join Mackie and Judd with Rami for a game day sign-making party at Blarney Pub and Grill in Dinkytown this Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Score North will supply the sign-making materials. You supply the funny. That's this Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at Blarney in Dinkytown. If you just missed it, Reese Davis joined us and talked about the Gophers building, whether it's just them building or they are now a contender. Here's what he had to say. I think they're building. Uh, I'm not, I don't think it's a one year pop up, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they are a finished product to the point to where they're going to be, uh, perennially and, uh, in the playoff hunt. And I believe they are in the playoff hunt. They have to, you know, they obviously have to beat Wisconsin. Then I think they would have to beat Ohio State. They're not in it otherwise. Make everybody knows that. I don't think they're at a stage in their growth and development where that will be, uh, an annual thing now. I'm not saying you can never do it. I do think there's some challenges to maintaining that type of consistency. But I do believe that he is a consistent winner. That's been your score on download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. And thank you to Reese Davis. That was that was fun having him on. Beat Wisconsin. Then you beat the Buckeyes. No problem. No, not at all. Then you're in the college football playoff. Not a problem. And Just then check those boxes right there. Easy breezy. Yep. Pesky LSU. Are they going to get in your way? Uh-uh-uh. Clemson. LSU. You know, Clemson, I know that they don't lose that often, but, you know. Just get past them. They haven't gotten in front of the boat. That's what... And then the Vikings, you know what they, they do? They get in the wild card round, win a game. Just run the table. Divisional round, go on the road, win another yeah. game. You know, NFC Championship game, do you guys easy. think that's as simple as I do? And where I'm at with all this, there's a lot of tough roads ahead. Vikings, Vikings if they do run the table, they win the division. Uh, Gophers, if they yeah. run the table, they go to the college football of life. <laughs> I'm focused, much like PJ Fleck is. This is probably the most fun. I know we had a fun one a couple weekends ago. When you count Gophers and Vikings, the two biggest games of the year for both of them right now, Seattle on the horizon. For the Vikings, you got uh, Wisconsin on the horizon here. I I, I think this is the biggest weekend of Minnesota football in 30 years. Like, you can't, there's three weeks ago was great, and that was probably the peak, but this, now the, the, it's the, the biggest, ball has been moved forward for both teams. It's the biggest regular season weekend of Minnesota football in my lifetime, and I just turned 50. Yeah. That's, Think about that's it. crazy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Vikings have had big games, but the golfers have never. I, I confirmed with uh, Patrick today on Unchained. I said, this is the biggest game in my lifetime, right? And he's like, ah, I don't know at first. And then he thought about it. You name me. You can't say Michigan in week three or no. so of the Big Ten season. No. Yes, that was a devastating loss, but that there was so much work to be done there. This is all right in front of you right now. This is post-Thanksgiving relevance for Gophers and Vikings at the same time. Yes. And the Gophers are never relevant on a national level after Thanksgiving. They're just not. So you're right. You'd have to go back to the early 1960s for, for any comparison. And by the way, the early 1960s, the Vikings weren't good because they were an expansion team. Uh, yes. So this is probably the biggest the biggest there, football weekend of the, his, the state of Minnesota's history. Is there enough alcohol in the Twin Cities for a holiday like Thanksgiving and two big football games in the same weekend? <laughs> we're about are to we find sure, out. Sure and guess that, who's going to test are we sure that? the Twin Cities has their rations for the weekend? I mean, Judd Zolgat's about to test that theory right down, there. Man. Get the claw, get the claw, get the claw boxes ready. 
The claw cases, Judd's not going to touch those. But that no, means there won't be any me. claw. No, no claw consumption from the Zolgads. So ask, the, me. ask the question you were asking at the end of last segment about the, is this for the Gophers? I, I said, is this, is if 2019 for the Gopher football program is akin to, I believe it was 1992 for the Badgers, who up until then were terrible. And then they, they got Alvarez as a coach. The program changed. And everything changed there. Is this if this is if this is the diet the uh, the diving board if this is the jumping off point for that is it the springboard or a diving board we're about to find do, out. yeah exactly <laughs> but if this is a one off week schedule year your team was really good but probably not long term great then it, then we are going to look back in five years and be like how did they not go to at least the Rose Bowl but if this in five years is continued success and they lose on Saturday. You're going to say, if nothing else, what happened in 2019 was a valuable learning experience to get to a point where you're consistently good. I think the only way we know the answer to that question is if we know how long PJ Flex is going to be here. Which, and I don't want to, I don't want to dive super deep into that because there's going to be time for that discussion down the road here. But you don't want to cry, and that mostly right. that. But again, actually. guys, keep going back to this. There's not a time. There, there are jobs that I think he would leave for. But 20 years ago, it felt like, where's the next job? Where's the next job? Where's the next job? I think those days are pretty much gone. Yeah. And, you know, the, the advantages that you would have, you know, the advantages you would have 20 or 30 years ago was, I mean, think about this. If you were trying to, or the disadvantages, if you were trying to take a program that wasn't national relevant, uh, wasn't relevant nationally, I can speak, I'm a professional broadcaster, damn it. I can speak English. You're excited, right. just like I am. I am. I've got my gold uh, PJ Flex shoes on today. It's great. So, if you were trying to take a program like the Gophers 20 years ago and make them nationally relevant, the only outlets you had to do that were ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, ESPN2 in, in, in smaller windows, right? Yep. There was no social media. Think about some of the ways that PJ Fleck has made Western Michigan relevant nationally. Come up with a fun slogan and put out videos that go viral. Uh, offer scholarships to kids in fun, creative ways in in surprise meetings, right? Yep. And and have those go viral across the internet. Get uh get a YouTube documentary. Create some of the stuff that they create just through Gopher Sports Digital that goes viral, right? You can, you, you know, you got to win games, obviously. So winning games is the first part of the formula. But I think twenty years ago, you win enough games so that you can make the jump somewhere to get national attention and more money. But if the things we're talking about here are money and national exposure. It's not like we're not, you know, Western Michigan, they can't pay PJ Fleck. The Gophers, they can. This is a top 15 media market. This is a huge fundraising school. It's one of the, it's one of, if not the biggest public universities in the country. So circling back to answer Judd's question, Barry Alvarez put that program on the map in Wisconsin and then stayed there as a coach for 15 years and then became the athletic director, right? So if you get this ball rolling and PJ Fleck decides, you know what? He just turned 39 years old. I'm going to stay till I'm 55 or 60 years old. Or stay for 10 or 15 years even. Let's just say 10 or 15 years. If you can promise me he stays for 10 or 15 years, which I know that you can't, then I can promise you that this is just the beginning. Because this dude is, you can make fun of his catchphrases, his slogans, his uh, his acronyms, but this dude connects legitimately with 17 and 18-year-old kids. He gets guys like Rashad Bateman to not go to Georgia and play here that's, instead. That's the difference. That matters. And even though the recruiting rankings, if you pull Houston. up 2020 recruiting rankings, there's four or five schools in the Big Ten that are getting four-star recruit after four-star recruit. The Gophers aren't there yet on a recruiting level, but they will get much closer if they keep putting themselves in situations like game day coming to town on Saturday. That's you guys want to hear something crazy 
I don't know if I'm some sort of uh, telepathic conduit here, but I was literally right before I came into this studio that I'm sitting in now at fan headquarters in Milwaukee, was sitting in the studio I used to do my afternoon show every day from, hanging out with the guys who I used to do that show with, including former Badgers running back Gary Ellerson, who was saying this feels to him, talking about the Gophers, like when Barry took over and turned around the Badgers program. He was making the very same comparison that Judd just asked about. And he's saying, yes, that this, this feels like that to him. And this is a guy who, like I said, played for the program, has followed and been involved in the program pretty, pretty thoroughly since then. And, and so he has an idea of what that looks like and what it feels like. And he sees that same thing in what PJ Fleck is doing in Minnesota. So that's, that's really interesting that that's the chatter is sort of outside Minnesota too. And I, the one difference that I would point out, and it's a big difference. And again, I, I'll preface this by saying, I don't know a ton about the inner workings of how Barry Alvarez built that program in the early nineties. I was seven years old when he started building that program, but Barry Alvarez, it felt like he built the program so that he could easily get out of the car and someone else could drive it. And it would still be the Badgers program, right? I know that he's the face of the program for a long time and, and his fingerprints are all over the program, but I don't think the program required Barry Alvarez to be the head coach for it to succeed. He built sort of the framework, and then but he stayed. But he, it required stability that, that he brought and didn't leave. But P, like but I think PJ, if he'd been there, this feels like this is PJ's show. Row the boat sure. is PJ's right. I think I think the Gophers are more reliant, at least right now, obviously, yeah. on PJ than the Badgers were. On Barry after a certain amount of time. But if Barry had bolted in 95, if Barry had said, great success, and now I'm going to Miami, I don't know that that that, that program has the cons- uh, consistent success that it had ultimately. The difference here, too, now is this. This is becoming an, an attractive job. They used to practice in a building that leaked. They don't now. It's really nice. They used to have to, they used to play in the Metrodome, all right, off campus. For college football, it stunk. And I know that, that, you know, in 82, when they made that move, it was all the rage to play Saturday night games inside was going to be great, but it wasn't. It really stunk. And I felt like it put people in a position for one, recruiting coaches became difficult, and two, recruiting players did. Yeah. Now you've got on campus stadium. You've got a practice facility that's, I think, fantastic. And the other thing, too, that's so different is if I'm recruiting kids, I can say, hey, look, the Big Ten West is winnable a lot. Back in the day, you'd be like, come to play at Minnesota, and we're in the Big Ten, and you got Michigan and Iowa and everybody else, Ohio State. Imagine trying to recruit right now if you're not Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State in the the East right now. Come to Rutgers. We're fantastic. We're fantastic. So I, I think... What Barry did was he created a stability which Fleck could do ultimately as well. But I just, I think if Fleck is going to leave, there's very few jobs. This is a really good job and they're paying well now. And if he stays, they'll continue to pay well and it'll go up and, and up and up. So I do see a path to long-term success here. It's just that I, it's just that you need to see it established a little bit more. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here in the TCL studios. We've got a couple hot stove things to get to before the segment is over. Uh, One good and one sort of weird and terrible all at the same time. But let's go to the phone lines here. Paul, you got to go first question for us. What's up, Paul? 
I do. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. You too, man. You too. What's up, Paul? If the Gophers would have beaten Iowa but lose this Wisconsin game, does that change anything in your guys' mind pertaining to the national, the, the playoff and all that? So, like, if they were undefeated right now, is that what you're saying? Then, yeah, but then they lose Wisconsin. Uh, then they lo- and then and they they obviously would go to the Big Ten championship game. Then they lose to Ohio State. Right. Now, they got, now they got two losses to ranked teams. Uh, does that does that change the perception nationally? Not to me, it doesn't. I feel like there is. Thank you, Paul. I think there is a little recency bias if you flip flop. So what he's saying basically is if. If you're going to split with Iowa and Wisconsin, if you just flip flopped them, how would how would the day after the last game, how would your standing nationally uh, compare? And I think if you were undefeated right now going into this game, I think you'd be fourth in the country. I think you'd be. I think it'd be Ohio. I think you'd be in the playoff. I think if they, they were let, undefeated. If they if they had beat Iowa on the road and then came back and beat Northwestern and they were undefeated, I think they would. The committee would have them fourth right now. Hmm. I think. Hmm, I don't know about that. They might, but I do think that if you if if you lose the Big Ten title game, I think you're out for sure. Like I don't think there, there, there's a way to torture this into being uh, who they they're the, the fourth team. If you and if you went back to back losses, nah, nah. I I think it's fine. Yeah, the only way to the playoff is if you and in Rami's Rami has even said this week as, that, this, that this path is closed. Just beat just beat uh, the yeah. Buckeyes. But so what Rami has said this week is that even if you win the next two games, mm-hmm. that they'd find a way to put a team with they'd, they'd find a way to put somebody else in. They'd find another one loss team to put in instead of the Gophers. Now, I, yes, guarantee it. absolutely. I don't think they would. I'm saying if they beat Wisconsin, Ohio State, they, they are in the playoff. There are one win. There are one win team or one loss teams that are ahead of them right now who aren't in the playoff. Isn't Oklahoma a one loss team ranked ahead of uh, right. ahead of the Gophers? Right, but right they, now? but but the but does Oklahoma play? A top fifteen team, and then the number one, like oh, but oh. you're thinking logically. That's not what this is about. <laughs> yeah, I have no faith. I'm saying that I have the, zero the, the faith. committee, I'm with the committee's, the committee's placement of the Gophers right now, and they'll be like sixth or seventh tonight. They'll probably be like seventh or whatever, eighth. What were they tenth last week? And two teams lost. They're going to be like eighth tonight, right? I'm saying the committee has ranked the Gophers where they are right now without considering the Wisconsin game or the Ohio State game. Hmm? And checking those boxes would put the Gophers and their resume into the top four. Absolutely. 100%. I think they'd leave them out. Yeah, I think they leave them out. I guess the only it's way not to fair. find out is to go win the here's whole what, da- here's what worries the me. damn thing. I'm convinced they would try to find a way to keep the Gophers out if they were undefeated. <laughs> That's ridiculous. They couldn't do That's that. That's how little faith I have in the committee. <laughs> well, they, they are smart. They would try. That would be the longest college football playoff committee meeting ever because they'd be behind closed doors like how do we do this how do we screw them and make it look and make it look legit here's my concern my my conspiracy theory concern is not about the playoff ultimately it's about the rose bowl and it's this they beat wisconsin they play the buckeyes in the big 10 title game they get destroyed the committee then says oh that's a nice little team but but takes penn state which didn't get destroyed by ohio state and jumps the Gophers, and I tweeted this on Saturday and got back, you're crazy, it won't happen. I've looked at this, though, okay? Because I don't want this to happen. But here's why I'm concerned. Explain to me why two weeks after beating Penn State, and, and then you went to Iowa and lost, they had Penn State jump you. 
Yeah, that's that's concerning. That's ridiculous. But 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 <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm not I'm not justifying what but, I just said. I'm saying I'm worried they'll do it. But Penn State lost again, and so they've moved. They'll they'll move. They down. lost to Ohio State though. See, but they'll move gonna, below the Gophers. Yes, tonight. Yes. What I but what I'm saying is Gophers beat Wisconsin, play Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. Let's say they get blown out. The committee will look and say, oh. Penn State played Ohio State closer than the Gophers did, and they'll jump the Gophers. I'm not advocating for this. I'm saying, with how these people think, I'm concerned they'll do it. And I actually, even though I disagree with Penn State being above the Gophers in the in the the, the rankings, we you can't just head to head can't just be the only thing. So what they're sure. and again again I'm saying the Gophers should be above Penn State, but what but th- let's take let's take head to head to the furthest. Let's say the Gophers. We're a three-win team right now that beat the crap out of Penn State inexplicably, and that was Penn State's only loss of the season, and mm-hmm. Penn State was a top-ten team. Mm-hmm. Well, no one would be arguing that the Gophers should be above Penn State having lost like six games on the season, right? So what the committee is saying is head-to-head matters, but Ohio State or but Penn State played, uh, they beat Iowa, they beat Michigan, and they also had a tougher non-conference schedule. Correct. And those things... That's what I'm worried about. ...weigh this much... And the head-to-head loss weighs this much. And again, I think the head-to-head should mean more. Right. So I disagree with the committee. But they're saying it's a sliver of the pie. So sure. I, I understand their logic. But, but why is this the only me. major sport where that's how tiebreakers work? <laughs> it's, it's, because, seriously. Because this like is in, pe- in every other sport, head-to-head is you the know first the answer, tiebreaker. Ronnie. If that's a tie, then we go to some other divi- like division record, and then you go to total points or point differential. Like This is the only one where we throw all the tiebreakers into one big pot, stir it up, and come, come up with whatever result we want. Because perhaps the network says, boy, we'd sure like to show Penn State in exactly. Pasadena. Exactly. Thank yes, you, Judd. That's why they would try to keep out an undefeated Gophers team. I think that would be... Penn State really, like Penn State specifically, are they in 2019 really a huge national draw for audience? I have no idea. All I all I know is I've got some concern that the committee is going to say, Ohio State and Penn State was close, and boy, let's just jump the Gophers because... The people in Minnesota will forget about that. And by eventually. the way, I think all of this, like everything we're talking about, I think it's it still sounds a little presumptuous and absurd to be layering it over the college football playoff. But you could layer all of this over the Rose Bowl too, because that the Rose that's Bowl gets I'm, to choose. That's what I'm doing. So, so like, I'm kind of layering it over according, the champion, the four, the fourteen. According playoff. to to the ESPN stories on the college football playoff that come out after the rankings are announced at six o'clock tonight, the Rose Bowl will take the highest-seeded non-playoff team, no matter what. So they won't... I, I thought that they would choose, like, oh, the like Gophers the, have had a nice year. Like the two highest-seeded? Yeah, the- yeah, so Ohio State will go to the college football playoff. So they're out. So what the Rose Bowl committee, according to the ESPN stories, will do then is say, who's the next highest-ranked Big Ten team? That will play the Pac, the Pac-12 champion. Okay, so they, that was they, Penn State last week. Do they have to go Pac-12 versus Big Ten, or do they just sort of do they, that no, for tradition? They have to. Okay, that's the that's the commitment in non-college football playoff years. Got it. So they will they will take the highest ranked Big from, Ten from team, each from each. That's conference. not the top four, correct? Okay, so it's going to be right now. The contenders would be Wisconsin still in that mix. If Wisconsin beats the Gophers and then they go in and play a decent game against Ohio State, they could be above the Gophers and Penn State. Uh, and then it'd be Oregon and Utah. So basically, the the yeah. or if Ohio State, this is where it gets weird. Ohio too. State's not going to fall out, though, are they? 
Only if the Gophers, the only team that can knock Ohio State out of the college football playoff right now, unless they lose to Michigan this weekend, right. is the Gophers Correct. in the Big Ten Championship. I think if Ohio State runs the table and then they get beat by, let's say, Wisconsin, let's say Wisconsin wins, Ohio State beats Michigan, and it's Wisconsin-Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, I think a one-loss Ohio State team probably still gets into the college football playoff. Unless they say, well, now that's our opening to put Alabama in. They could they could do that, too. <laughs> So that's that exactly what they. Do. I, can't I, think, I think it's adorable how much faith Phil still has in this system. It's just it's totally, it's, well, no, but, it's, but, but Robbie, Ohio, Ohio State, yeah. but Ohio State is in the same discussion of a brand that you're that you're right. talking about too. Uh, Correct. I just can't believe that we we're sitting here on November 26th and we just talked go for football for an hour and it was amazing. That's fantastic. <laughs> Gopher football on the map, nationally, relevant, game day coming to town. And we're doing a sign-making party and a live broadcast on Friday at Blarney from 3 until 6 p.m. It's free to get in, and we're going to provide all of the sign-making materials that you want. We're going to provide tag board. Uh, I think there's some child scissors so that you can't do too much damage with them, so just don't get us in trouble. Did you really get safety scissors? <laughs> I think so. You don't trust people, do you? No. <laughs> it's Ross. Ross is not trusting there's, there's going to be alcohol served at this establishment. You want to hand out real scissors? Not by us. You know what? Not by us. We are not liable. Stuff happens, Rami. <laughs> Stuff happens. <laughs> so, all right. Are you, uh, are you still going to, are you, are we going to drag you into this next segment, kicking and screaming? I mean, if you guys want to try and sabotage my batting title and my quest for a batting title, go for it, man. Sounds like I, you're doing that yourself, but, but I can't, you know I can't you can be, blame us. What are the standings right now? I can't Come be back stopped. and tell me that, because I missed the standings on Friday. We'll update Judd on the new batting averages. Some bar. And we will do, we'll do a couple things. I know we talked, we we're going to do some hot stuff, so we'll do a couple things. We'll do write that down, home run edition, mm-hmm. when we come back. And the Twins, according to our Darren Doogie Wolfson, are kicking the tires on one of the best hitters in baseball, a free agent. So we'll talk about that, too, on Mackie and Jub with Rami from the TCL Studios, where uh, we've got two shiny 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TVs. It is the official TV of sports viewing here at Score North. And uh, we've just, I, we, we love when listeners send in their TCL TV setups of their living rooms. And so we've seen a couple people tweet in at Phil Mackey here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, a bunch of you tweeted in last month, too. So send us your photos. We'll pass them along to the, the higher-ups at TCL so that uh, we can tell them, hey, you guys, are, uh, you guys are doing what we tell you to do, which is buy TCL TVs and stop into a major local retailer here on Black Friday because I can guarantee you there's going to be some deals on TCL TVs where you get 5,000-plus streaming channels like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Now, movies and TV episodes, up to 500,000 of them available uh, with an easy-to-toggle back-and-forth remote between your cable and satellite channels and your streaming channels. TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's right. It's a Wednesday, not a Friday at 5 o'clock. We're still going to do the standard write that down and accountability session segment on Friday at 5 o'clock. And we'll do it live from Blarney Pub and Grill. We're going to do it live? Dinky Town. We're going to do it live, damn it. And a couple other words that Bill O'Reilly used to say. Yeah, please don't say those. We can't do that. Uh, for our <laughs> sign-making party God, at Blarney at on Friday. I'm looking at you as you tend to bleep out the wrong word. 
I just happened once. Let's move the dump button here. I was tired Closer that day. Judd. I am wide awake today. There's no Bat way that's going to happen. bleep crazy is what you were looking for there. I still want the t-shirt. Bat bleep I want the t-shirt. <laughs> it, rolled, you know, make that t-shirt. it rolled off the tongue, though. I will say that. I Dude, love that it was like, quite natural. And I yeah. almost didn't even catch it. I looked at him like, did that just happen? Did that really just happen? <laughs> I, just, I turned my head and looked at Judd the same way my dog does when he's trying to figure out what I'm talking about. That's the greatest look in history. I love how dogs look at you like, what What are you talking about? That was all of your co-hosts and friends in the studio. <laughs> yeah. you said that. Like, huh? And I, I slowly reached over and pressed the dump button. And Judd looked at me sideways like, why did you... Wh- who just swore? Wait, was, that, you, was, it was me? that me? And then you got it real quick, though. I was very, very impressed by your uh, nimbleness. <laughs> so this is the first time Rami has ever participated in this edition of Write That Down. This is a forced home run edition of Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. And all of us will collectively be the judge of each other's predictions. If we feel like you're trying to sneak a double or a triple and it's not really reaching the level of home run, then uh, we'll call you on it, and you're going to have to add something to your prediction. Just had a good one. But we have a tight batting average race here, Judd. Uh, okay. We went over these batting averages when you were in New York City last week, drinking 27 beers on Friday night, probably. <laughs> or hopefully at don't least eight me, on Saturday. Don't sell me short on Saturday's consumption. <laughs> and we'll need an official count, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you know what? That's a, I got that note, that text. Rami, do you think I keep... I can barely keep count when I'm sober. A rough, a, a rough estimate oh would do. Yeah, rough, it, is, ha- rough is right. That's how I felt on Monday. And my prediction wasn't my prediction wasn't how many beers you would actually drink. It was, I think I said you would drink three times more beers than uh, <laughs> Northwestern quarterback Aiden Smith would uh, would average yards per pass. If I remember that. No, correctly. it was uh, wow. You, uh, you were way off that a bit. Wasn't it how many it touchdowns? Was eight times it w- the. The exact wording, Judd will have at least eight times as many beers on Saturday as Aiden Smith will throw touchdowns. Oh, it was the touchdowns. Okay. It, but, but then we reversed it to Northwestern quarterback because Aiden Smith was found to not play be yeah. playing in that game. Well, then yeah. quarterback but he had, one, he had one touchdown pass at least, yeah. didn't he? He for sure had one. Yeah. Did he have two? He didn't play. He didn't play. Aiden no, Smith no, no. Play. I no, know. he didn't change it to Northwestern quarterback. He stuck with Aiden Smith. <laughs> Controversy. Oh, so really yeah, I think it's zero. I was the one who at the end said that there's Northwestern also, oh, judges had to judges had to drink a beer, a beer, a beer. basically. Okay, yeah. so well, that's not fun. You guys, well, so anyways, the batting okay. averages are: I am it's leading. I'm batting three hundred one. Bunt single. I'm batting three hundred one. Judge batting two ninety four. Rami's batting two ninety three. The listeners Ooh. are batting two eighty nine. Uh, Manny's batting two sixty three. Jonathan's at two thirty eight. The guests are at two fourteen. Slugging percentage battle. I'm at six seventy seven. Listeners at six thirty three. Uh, Judd, you're at 580, Jonathan 543, Rami 533, Manny 526, and guests with a very Adam Dunn-like 500 slugging percentage on that 214 batting average. Nice. Those are the predictions and the averages. So let's go around the room. Forced home runs, three each. We'll start with Judd. We'll go Jonathan. Uh, Manny is uh, cowardly pretending like there's a technical <laughs> issue happening in a side studio. And he has to participate. We're going to wow. make him do three predictions. Calling out Manny. <laughs> well, you can't not participate in forced yeah, home runs. You can't not be around for this. We're gonna, I don't know what the technical difficulty is, but it can wait. We're going to make him. there is a technical difficulty, but sure. We're going to make him submit. Okay. We'll start with Judd and we'll go around the room here. Rami, you'll go after Jonathan, okay? All right. <clears throat> Forced home runs. Write it down. You like writing things down. The way I see this is forced grand slam home runs. Dalvin Cook will be the MVP of this season's Super Bowl. 
Whoa! I'm going back to the Xavier Rose. Pre- I'm changing it. Dalvin Whoa. Cook. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Dude. Okay, so wow. okay, if Judd would, I'm setting the tempo. If Judd would have stopped it, Dalvin Cook will be the MVP of the NFL. Nope. Would you guys have allowed that to be a home run? Because I would I have. I think so, because of the position, you don't usually win it as a running back. And with what Lamar Jackson just did yeah. last night. Which is why I gave this great thought. Super Bowl's possible. Huge game. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Write it down. You like writing things down. Do we all have to swing that big? That's a big old swing. That's, I guess it depends on how you're feeling about yourself. I don't have yourself. anything. Re- I have to reevaluate all my predictions because I don't have anything that ready, written Phil. down right now. Get the oh, buzzer ready Rami, for Rami. Rami's going to try and cheat one here. I no, can I'm just saying. Yeah, I didn't know, you, I didn't you, know when, we, when we said home runs, I didn't know we were talking crazy stuff. Yeah, that's kind of home. What home Judd's runs not are. here I mean, like, to bleep around. Okay, yeah, unrealistically yeah, I'm not, crazy. Wait, no, 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 I'm Judd, not saying. don't try it. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> nope. Go ahead, somebody else go. All right, write this down, Jonathan. I'll go with one of my Vikings ones. Then the Vikings will win the rest of their games this season and get a first round bye in the playoffs. You stole mine. <laughs> stole mine. Now I got to come up with something else. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Pretty good. Everyone agreement. That's a home run. Vikings run the table. The oh, rest of the regular season. Yeah, okay. I'm fine with that. Rami. I don't even know if this is a home run after what Judd well, just we did. Will you guys, you if it's you guys tell me. Gophers and Vikings win this weekend, both by two scores. You think so? What? Judd's buzzing you on that. Uh, Judd's calling wait, it to the floor. Wait, hold on a second. I got to think. Okay. I think that's, that's both home by run two, worthy. Both by two scores? Okay. Uh, let's do a vote. Judd. I'll take it, yeah. You'll give it to him? Two scores. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. It's, all right, it's, yeah. it's good enough. You get this one. I just wanted to buzz him. Be careful next time, though. I just wanted to hear the buzzer. When you say two scores, we're talking like... Eight points. More than eight points. Nine points or more. More than eight points, yeah. Nine points or more. Okay. Yes. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Wow, I had the ones I had written down. I thought I was going deep here. You guys might want to reconsider what you're doing. I had written down Gophers win by 13 or more on on Saturday. Okay. Gophers win by 13 or more. Do I need to add to that? I think, yeah. Oh, it's fine if that's what you want. (sighs) It feels like a triple. I feel like I could I take a, a nap right now. a little bit more. Yeah, I came with three just... Give me a little bit okay. more. All right. Gophers win, by, Gophers win by 13 or more, and Rashad Bateman, for the second consecutive game, scores at least three touchdowns. All right. That's good. All right. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. Back to Judd. Again, swinging for a grand slam. Mike Zimmer will step down after this season and be replaced by Kevin Stefanski as Vikings wow. coach. Wow. Mike Zimmer's going to step down. He's going wow. to say, I've had enough. It's been fun. And then the transition to Stefanski. I don't even believe the stuff I'm saying right now, but it sounds so good. I love it. Is there any logic at all behind that or no? I heard it somewhere. Okay. <laughs> it's a definite home run. These are supposed to get the listeners like, oh, no, man, I can't believe you said that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Jonathan. I'll go with my Vikings coaching one then. Kevin Stefanski will get a head coaching gig this season. The Giants will fire Pat Shermer, and the Vikings will bring back Pat Shermer as their offensive coordinator. Wow. wow look at this guy over here. Ooh. It's very intricate. Pretty good. It's, good. it's pretty good. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Rami? The other day, he went home. <laughs> when I was filling in for a collar on Hot Routes on, on Purple Daily, I said this, and I said I was going to make it a write-that-down prediction. I think it constitutes a home run swing. This offseason, the Saints will say goodbye to Drew Brees, sign Teddy Bridgewater as their long-term quarterback, and Drew Brees to the Bears. Write that down. Come on! Wishful thinking. I like it. Write it down. You like writing things down. 
I like where Rami's going with that one, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to piggyback off that. Mitch Trubisky will right. not be quarterback of the Bears next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky will be a backup next year. Write it down. Uh, write this down. Tom Brady will throw 30 touchdown passes next season for Chicago Bears. Write this down. Mind is that? I like where your head is at for the Chicago Bears. I like where your head is at. Tom Brady. I watched your team play the Giants on Sunday, Rami. I wanted to gouge my eyes out. You were impressed with the defense? Thank God for alcohol is all I have to say as I watch that game. (laughs) You know what's bad, Judd? When uh, when your team wins and the post-game show, Bears Vent Line, still sounds like this. I don't have to be here for this. My God! 16 games to make yourself a world championship. Last year, we win 12 games. 11 on defense! And they had everything going for him, every break. And coming into this year, does that coaching staff realize it? Has Mitch Trubisky realized it? Is he a better quarterback this year than he was the prior year or the prior year before that? No! He's gone backwards. And whose fault is it? Nagy! Bear down, Chicago Bears! Hi, Rami. Is Rami still there? What's up, Rami? I hate you guys. <laughs> Write this down. Write it turn. down. You like writing things down. All right, whose who's turn is it? Uh, Judd. It's my turn. I can Judd. All right, last swing, round here. Swing three, and by the way, I am, I am not holding back on this one. Putting this one in the ocean? P.J. Fleck will be the coach of the New York Jets next season. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Darn right. That just went into McCovey Cole, baby. Wow. McCovey Cole! <laughs> Wow! This is a display right here. This is wow. I am I am. This is batting practice, and right now people are like, "Oh, we got to get there early to watch Zolgad's home run." Write that down. This is the wow. this is the Josh Hamilton home run derby right now. I feel inadequate. Yeah. I feel inadequate right now. I can't come up with stuff like this. I don't even this. My brain just doesn't even work like that. Okay, say that happens. How quickly does the act wear out in New York? That's the point. Yeah, could you bring? Could you bring the? the, the you couldn't bring the row the boat thing to New York. Could you? Could you? How funny would that be? Not Try to, to bring, New York. Bring so the Jets the hired Jets. the Jets hired Holtz away <laughs> as their head coach. I think from Arkansas in '77, and I think that might have been a 14 game season, and he lasted 12, or it was a 16 game season, and Lou lasted 14 games. It's been done before. The Jets are crazy enough. They'll see this guy coach coach offense. He's pretty good. I'm yeah, I need to see like Le'Veon Bell's reaction to row the boat in that line. How about Sam Darnold? He <laughs> <laughs> might be on track. Sam Darnold, by the way, the, the New York Post with a major breaking story. I saw, yeah. Sam Darnold, uh, decent looking and rich NFL quarterback, drank a lot and hooked up with someone after what? the what? game the other night. Yeah. Crazy, I know. I couldn't guys, believe it. It's amazing. Shut up. Yeah. What? Just what? More, more to that. come on this story, okay? Slow day for Man. page six is what that was. <laughs> Write this down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pen. Anyway, well, I don't remember that. All right, back to Jonathan. All right, the Gophers. Follow that swing. My final swing here. The Gophers <laughs> will beat Wisconsin by 17, Ohio State by 3, and get into the college football playoff. Wow. All right. That's... So you're saying they'll win those games by exactly those point totals? At yeah. least those. We'll go at least. Okay, that was pretty verbally binding there. I'd like exact more because this is the home run prediction segment. Fine, we'll go exact. Thank you. We'll go exact. Now now we're talking. If you're one point off, we had an amazing bad beat early this season. (laughs) We'll go go exact. This isn't Friday. This is Wednesday. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Rami. 
Again, I feel inadequate. I don't, I don't think this measures up to what Judd is doing, but okay, I'll throw it out there. And I'm going to need some clarification on where the bar is set. I know what I just said. Get the drop, Jonathan. I don't know. You, you guys need to help me of where the bar is set here. Twins will sign two big-ticket free agents this offseason. Now, we need to no, define no. big-ticket free agents. We need names. We need the names. You need exact names. names. I need yes. names. All right. They're getting... Actually, you know what? I'll swing big. Up time. So you just admitted you didn't swing big. <laughs> Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner, and Josh Donaldson okay. will all be twins Whoa. next year. Now we're talking there Rami, is, right there. Rami, welcome Ooh. to the home run. Write that down. Thank you. Holy cow. I don't even know. Phil's rubbing his temples. I don't even know where to go. I think you I might tr- go. I think you might collapse. <laughs> I just thought this was going to be a fun little home run session. You mandated you know? it. You did this. Come on, Boy. Barry Barnes. Right. Let's see All what right. you got. All right. So Jonathan already took one of mine. So I'm going to. I, I got to build off this. <laughs> All right. The Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings will beat Seattle by. They're going to beat Seattle by at least a touchdown. We'll start off there mm-hmm. on Monday. So so uh, seven points or more on Monday night. They will run the table in the regular season. And they will run the table in the postseason. Oh, boy. Winning the Super Bowl. Wow. Care to care wow. to uh, tell us, do you think Dalvin Cook's going to be the MVP of that game? I'll let you have that. Because if you think I'll he let, is, I'll then will help me out. I'll let you have that. Write it down. Wow. You like writing things down. Write this down. There it is. And then Zim retires Oof. and Stefanski takes the job and Mike rides off into the sunset as Super Bowl champion. And then uh, free agency hits and Tom Brady and so Drew Brees leaves the uh, Saints. Wow. And Drew Brees and Tom Brady both play for the Bears and give Rami and I our points. <sighs> Mackie's looking at the schedule and he just doesn't see a loss here. Not in this. Rami, that was either. a that was a big boy segment right there. How did Thank you feel you. now that you've gone through a, home, a forced home run edition of Write That Down? How does it feel? I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not you a big fan adequately of it. prepared for the home run takes weird. <laughs> wasn't ready singing. for it. Uh, Durka tweets into the show, so Ed- I don't like being forced into doing, you know, into doing. I feel like I was like I was taken to an expensive restaurant. Like a bunch of friends were like, "Hey, Rom, you want to go grab dinner?" And, and then you and then you guys all left and handed me the bill. I, I feel like I was forced into this, and I don't appreciate it. We had fun. Thanks for paying. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, people tweeting into the show here and emailing as we speak here. Durka says, so at Jay Zolgad hit it into McCovey Cove from Target Field. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That ball went right across country. Uh, and uh, Brian's saying, isn't it Tuesday? Yeah. I might have said Wednesday. Either way. Oh, like, I thought it was Wednesday. It's right, it's right that down. Uh, it's right that down home Tuesday, run edition. Wednesday. It's Thanksgiving week. It all runs together. Rami's out there in uh, in Milwaukee right now. So let's let's do this for a few minutes because there was a note thrown out by our Darren Doogie Wolfson. And it actually ties in with someone's home run write that down prediction. Rami's. Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Scoop Podcast and Five Eyewitness News saying the Twins are kicking the tires on Josh Donaldson. How about that for a hot stove nugget? Josh Donaldson last year, he was 33 years old in Atlanta, 37 home runs in 155 games, OPS of 900, drove in 94, scored 96, 11th in MVP voting. This is a former MVP with the Toronto Blue Jays in 2015, one of the best defensive third basemen in all of baseball. Are you guys interested in Josh Donaldson? And then if so, what's the trickle-down effect? I am, but I think the contract and more specifically the term might be too much for me. Does that sound fair? 
Okay. I think you don't think he'll be affordable? Because to me, I mean, that's part of why I made it my write that down prediction. To me, he kind of fits the Twins' budget and the blueprint that they sort of set last year that in terms of how they approached free agency. So he made twenty three million last year, and then he made twenty three million the year before as well. Short term contracts, though, right? Previously, yeah, I think so. I last, year, actually, last year was a one. Atlanta. Yeah, it was a one year deal Make last it, basically. year. Basically, yep. Yeah, it was a one-year deal. So he was uh, he was like an arbitration guy, and then last year was a one-year contract. I'm going to guess he probably wants a two- or a three-year contract for $50, $60 million. Three years? I'd, yeah, I'd it's, do that. It's interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know, people who have covered him or people who have played with him. There's, there's some steam that what you see on TV and his personality and his attitude, that that's also what you see behind the scenes. He's also the guy that our guy, our, our guy Glenn Perkins and him got into a jawing match one time and yep. had to be separated on a baseball field. It was classic. But do you think, so as a player, I'm in. I don't even care that he's kind of old because I think he can still be really good for the next two or three years. And Nelson Cruz is like 40. And if the Twins decide that Josh Donaldson is not up against an age curve, I trust their judgment. Uh, they, they knew what they were doing with Nelson Cruz. My question would be, if he's kind of a weird personality or just an abrasive alpha type guy, uh, that you'd be bringing into a 100-win team. Do you guys feel like second-year manager Rocco Baldelli and the clubhouse that they've created to this point is able to absorb something like that and say, "All right, listen, you might be a you might be kind of a wacko, but we can it's okay. Like we can put our arm around you, and we can you can be Josh Donaldson alpha guy, and it's not gonna not gonna ruin the chemistry." I, mean, I, I feel de- like Rocco de- Baldelli can can get that done. He didn't derail the Braves. They went pretty deep last year, and I, I mean, I, I, Phil, have you heard any complaints out of Atlanta about the way Josh Donaldson carried himself in the in the Braves clubhouse? Because if 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 that's out there, it wasn't on my radar. Yeah, there was a story. Um, I don't have it in front of me. There was a story that, um, what's his name, Freddie Freeman, had to actually take Josh Donaldson aside at some point halfway through the year and say, "Hey, man, like this isn't how you, you don't operate like this. We need you to operate." Cruz like this. could do that, though. There was a discussion. That Cruz was could had. do that. Yeah. No, if you can get him for two years, I'm in. And to me, the trickle down, fantastic. So no, first base. Mm-hmm. And CJ Crone, you just say goodbye. You yes. don't pay him the eight million dollars. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'd much rather have Josh Allenson than CJ Crone. Me too. In my lineup day to day. And so no has to move. So like at some point in time, he has to move. Let's say, okay, would you guys at this point would you rather have? Let's say you've got the uh, the budget and the resources for two big moves. Okay. And and those two big moves can be any combination of trades or free agent signings. And the options out there are starting pitchers like Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner on the free agent market. You got the the John Gray types uh, who are trade targets. And then you got Josh Donaldson, big 35, 40 home run hitting bat. Would you allocate those two big moves to both pitchers or would you split one and one? Because I would consider splitting one and one. If I get a starting, if I get Madison Bumgarner or Zach Wheeler, now I've got. A three-headed monster rotation. Maybe you know, maybe Gratterall comes up in the second half and pitches five or six innings at a time. And now my lineup is guaranteed to be back on the same level as last year. If I get Josh Donaldson in that lineup again, there's going to be some regression. Nelson Cruz might miss half the year. Like I'm not reporting. I'm just saying, like he's old. Nelson Cruz is old. He's skip. Too- I'm old this year. But Josh Donaldson yeah. guarantees that your lineup is going to be legit again next year. Rami. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down. I I like the idea. If 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 it's the type of contract that Phil is talking about, three years in the neighborhood of sixty million, that's that's a price I'm willing to pay for Josh Donaldson. How how good is uh, Donaldson defensively? 
he's one of the he's he's getting a little older, but he's he's a plus defender at third base, way better than Miguel Sano. Okay, I really want two pitchers if possible. Two starters would, would I don't be think great. This stops you from getting two pitchers, especially if you go the John Gray route or so, uh, somebody in the in the neighborhood of John Gray. If somebody's willing to trade if, that away, if this stops me from doing it, I probably try and get two pitchers. If I can get um, Wheeler, Donaldson, and, and then trade for a pitcher who might not be upper marquee guy but mid marquee guy, I'd do that in a second. Uh, here's another uh, hot stove item for you guys. Here, actually, this this probably falls more into a, a different category. Reckless speculation. I saw this second and third hand, and I don't know what his profile said before I heard about this. But Eddie Rosario took all references to the Twins out of his Instagram bio. It now says MLB player Eddie Rosario. <laughs> I'm loving guys do this. MLB player Eddie Rosario. Now he hasn't stripped away Twins pictures. In fact. Uh, the last photo he posted was him in a Twins uniform, so it's he hasn't gotten rid of the Twins All right. pictures yet. But Eddie Rosario, uh, it looks like he's probably reading rumors about, I'm assuming that him changing it to MLB players, him reading some rumors about himself. Do you think Eddie Rosario is in a Twins uniform on opening day next year? I personally do not. The problem is this. If the Twins think that they're going to shop him and get a substantial return, I think they're wrong there. Because if you're going to get a pitcher... On if you're going to trade for pitcher, I think Rosario could be a starting point, but I don't think it's close to hey take Rosario and this lesser prospect. Uh, but he is eminently shoppable, and I think the I think the mental mistakes and things like that at some point in time privately have to get old, right? Like there's just so many things, and I like him as as a player at times, but there are things he does that I can't explain that seem to be pretty. Um, destructive as far as what the heck were you thinking? So if I had to guess right now, Rami, I would say no, I don't think Rosario is here at the start of next season. I think that they they probably they'd shop him around. They may be shopping him around. I just don't know what the market is for an Eddie Rosario. What are you going to get in return for that guy? I don't think you're going to get anything that's more valuable for you than what Eddie Rosario can do for you as far as right now, the win now window that they're in. You you can probably trade Eddie Rosario to a team that needs an outfielder and has some prospects that they can spare, some some tier two, tier three prospects that they can spare. But if if you're if you're thinking that you can trade Eddie Rosario for some kind of some kind of starter some an addition to your starting rotation, I don't I don't know that there's value out. There are a lot of Eddie Rosario's around the league and probably in the free agent market if, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. So I actually think as much fun as he is to watch and as much as he was the heartbeat in a lot of ways of last year's Bomba squad, I think he's one of the most overrated players in baseball. He's not in all the baseball? In all the baseball. Okay. Just like when you think Rosario, you think splash and you think clutch hitter, right? Big moments. Yeah. But he also has a terrible on base percentage. He's he's decreased the last three years as an outfielder according to measurements, and he just makes a lot of weird mistakes. He's you not know, he's, he's not a smart player. He is, Exciting when he, he, is, player. he is when he wants to be when he wants to be right. Yeah, but there's also times where he does things both on the base paths and in the field that I cannot explain. I think it'd be a really good time to trade high on Eddie Rosario, especially if you thought that you had a couple. Corner Can you guys package him up. though with prospects for a pitcher? But it have to be a halfway deal. You're you're not yeah. going to take two class A guys that aren't good. But could you put him as sort of a marquee piece 
in a multiplayer package from you to get a starter back. The way I think about it is I would almost trade him for prospects to deepen my prospect pool and then trade prospects for like John Gray. So you'd okay. basically be trading Eddie Rosario and probably something else for John Gray, but not directly. That's how I look at it. I so, can get down with that plan. I yeah. like that. So Mackie and Solving all the problems, Rami. That's what we're doing. We are. We're, we're fixing the Twins, man. Even yes, though they sir. don't need to be fixed because they won 100 <laughs> games last year. But Let's we're fix the Gophers next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll come back. Hey, it's uh, it's the last day this week that we're all going to be on the show together. So let's do the quarterback cesspool challenge when we come back here. Oh, I forgot about that. I got to pick somebody now. Oh, Mackie and Jeb oh, with Rami. Oh, you got darn it. you got a couple minutes to prep here, gentlemen. Oh. We'll go through uh, the winners and the mm. losers from last week. We'll wrap with Royce. All right, the quarterback cesspool challenge coming up here. But let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a brief moment. And I am very thankful. I, I finally made the decision a few months ago. To get a four-wheel drive vehicle for the first time, I've always had I've always had Camrys, Corollas. They've been durable, they've been amazing. But I don't know. We had that one day where it was like fifty degrees below zero, and then was a blizzard two days later in uh, January. And I was like, eh, I'm going to get something with four-wheel drive. And so I've had a great experience in this brand new 2019 Rav4. I love the fact that a guy like me who doesn't know anything about cars can walk into Luther Brookdale Toyota, the service department, the showroom area. Ask what I perceive to be dumb questions and uh, and get empathy in return with the responses. They're just being kind to you, dude. They are. They're making fun of me when I leave. Oh, most definitely. And that's perfectly fine. They make me feel good when I'm there, and they've been helping my family for 30-plus years. And uh, with that snow forecast tonight, if you've been on the fence at all about four-wheel drive or just a sturdier vehicle, I recommend RAV4s. I recommend Highlanders and Tundras, and there are specials right now. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com and corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Jonathan here with a quick score north download before we get to a wild minute. We haven't had one in a while, so bring on the figured we'd bring in Judd Zolgad for a wild minute. But did first, Judd just refer to himself in the third person bring on the maestro. the maestro? The maestro. I think he did. Okay. Maestro hockey. Bring him on. So before we get to that, ESPN's College Game Day is coming to Minneapolis this Saturday for what might just be the biggest college football game in Minnesota history, a battle for the Axe, and a trip to the Big Ten Championship is all on the line this weekend. You can join Mackie and Judd with Rami for a game day sign-making party at Blarney Pub and Grill in Dinkytown this Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Score North will supply the sign-making materials. All you have to do is supply the funny. That's this Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at Blarney in Dinkytown. Judd, Wildman's all yours. Well, let's see here. Since I've been gone, the Wild played the Colorado Avalanche, and they won 3-2, to two, and that was fantastic. They looked pretty good. And then they went on the road, back-to-back games. You might have seen them Saturday night, 5-4 OT loss, in which they blew a late two-goal lead. And then the Bruin that scored walked right down the center of the ice to beat the Wild 5-4 in OT. And then they played the Rangers last night, and again, they blew a late lead. And they lost 3-2 in OT. And I believe the Wild's record since the... Uh, three-on-three with Institute in 2015 is something like 12-34, and I kid you not. Now, that would be a problem most years, right? Because you would say, well, why can't the Wild win in overtime? It's not a problem this year because it's all part of the plan. Now, what I would like to see is the young players playing more in the three-on-three because it's a skills competition of sorts. I like it. But seeing Ryan Suter out there, I don't see a purpose for that. Now, a guy like Matthew Dumba, absolutely. The Wild, by the way, if you want to catch him tonight, back in action against the New Jersey Devils at uh, 6 o'clock. And then Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, it's the annual matinee at the X, 3 o'clock, Ottawa in town. Just remember, the one thing that this team needs to do, if there's one thing that you should be focused on, Wild fans, it's seeing those young players play as much as possible, especially in the 3-on-3 format. 
you know, Bruce does a great job, but beyond, but I just don't get the construction three on three. Uh, anyway, that is your wild minute, wild in action tonight in New Jersey at Ottawa. Reverse Ottawa, funny. Wow. Wow. He's got. He nailed the cue down. Hockey Maestro. Hockey Maestro done. Hit the post. Judd Zolgan. Hockey Maestro done. He can refer to himself in the third person now. Oh, and then don't don't forget tonight. uh, Done. After Unchained with Royce at 6 o'clock tonight, it will be Judd's Hockey Show with uh, yours truly and Declan Goff at 7. And we extensively break down the events of the past week, including the the overtime strategy by Bruce. And if you want to hop on this bandwagon, which is long-term success, okay? Two steps forward, one step back for Amen. two steps forward. Sing it, brother. Judd's Hockey Show, available anywhere you find podcasts. Go North app, uh, Apple, uh, Apple or Spotify if you have an Android device. But let's get to it. A, a couple days early here, the quarterback cesspool challenge, because we got Thanksgiving on Thursday, but we don't, we don't want to miss our chance with a bunch of games on Thursday to uh, aim for picking the worst quarterbacks in the league. It's hard being a quarterback in the NFL. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. Each week, Mackie, Judd, and Rami look for the worst of the worst quarterback performances. The interceptions. Intercepted! What is going on tonight? The strip sacks. And the ball's out again! And the Bills recovered again! The ineptitude. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. It's the quarterback cesspool challenge on Score North. And that's the fifth interception today. And uh, things are not going well for yours truly here in the quarterback cesspool challenge. Yeah, what's happened to you? We're now into week 13, and I'm the only one who has yet to identify the worst quarterback. Mm. You're tanking really well. see it. I give you credit for that. You're tanking. It's not going well. You're... You just hate to see it, Maggie. I sure did. Wow. Well, Joel Embiid yeah. had no points last night. You hate to see that, too. Hate to see that. Mm. <laughs> just hate to see that. Yeah. Best player I ever played with, said Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> great human being, too, that Joel Embiid. Just a great guy. Really hate to see him struggling like that, going 0 for 11. So uh, this is the quarterback cesspool challenge, where we aim to identify the putrid, the embarrassing, and the get-you-benched performances on a weekly basis. And the way it works is we score uh, these quarterbacks based off ESPN's QBR on a 1-100 to scale. That's the measuring stick. We can only pick each quarterback once, and we all have to pick different quarterbacks each week. So as we get deeper into the season here, the pickings get slimmer. It's uh, tougher to find those garbage backup caliber quarterbacks, or maybe it's not. There's just a lot of them in the NFL this year. It really are. Like half the league has a guy named Allen, and I have, uh, I have pretty much run that well dry <laughs> unsuccessfully the last couple weeks. So here's the uh, here's the uh, rundown from this last week. We'll start with uh, we'll start with myself. I picked Josh Allen against the Vikings, and he put up a 58.4 QBR, which was good enough to be uh, the best QBR score of any of our quarterbacks picked this week. So. <laughs> I lose for the third consecutive week. That's really, you've really tailspin. Yeah, it was bad. So sorry. Rami, you picked Daniel Jones. You picked, sure uh, you picked Daniel Jones against the Patriots because why would you not pick a rookie quarterback against one of the best defenses in the NFL? And he performed at an above average level, 51.3 QBR. Really? What happened? I don't, I mean, he didn't have a good game watching it. Judge, no, you watched that game. It was awful. 
Didn't feel like a 51 to me. I'm surprised that that I was mean, the number, to be honest QBR might be flawed, Rami. It was a better game than uh, Jonathan's be. pick. Jonathan picked Jared Goff, who is just embarrassing on a national stage. 23.3 QBR, but it wasn't good enough to win this week. Is, is Jared Goff not good? No, he's not. I think he was tricked up by Sean McVay's yeah. uh, scheme last year. I think you might be right. And so uh, that leaves us with Judd Zolgad. Wasn't even here. Who for the second consecutive week and the fifth time this season is the winner here I come. in the quarterback cesspool challenge. He completed just 13 of 29 passes for 156 yards and a pick. But his low light of the game turned out to be a highlight for a fan. And I guess for him as well. And Dwayne Haskins all smiles. Taking selfies with a fan. As Haskins celebrates, Case Keenum will come on to take a knee. Dwayne Haskins' 15.5 QBR makes Judd this week's QB cesspool challenge winner. That is Judd Zolgad's fifth victory of the season. He now trails Jonathan by just one. Jonathan with six victories. Judd has identified the worst quarterback five times. Rami has done it just once, but that's better than me. I have done it zero times. Zero Zero times. Shut out. Zero times. <laughs> you. Uh, all of us have finished last three times. Three to three to three to three. So the bottom is... And served uh, zero penalties. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure we will. Get there. Your lack of faith is astounding. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, how many musicals do you want to go to in 2020? That's the question. Zero. None. <laughs> That's the question. All right, before we wrap with Royce, let's go around the room again. We can uh, we can only pick each quarterback once uh, in a season, and we all have to pick different quarterbacks. And I guess I go first because we go reverse order of standings. And so I'm not going to even research this. I'm just going to take the idiot who left the field early and took a selfie with fans because Dwayne Haskins is terrible. So give me Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> Hopefully to end this losing streak. Rami? <laughs> I'm going to take a risk here. Sorry, I didn't know I was up next. I'm going to take a risk here. So Jeff Driscoll showed up on the injury report yesterday with a sore hamstring. Matthew Stafford is already out. The third string quarterback, and as of today, the only healthy quarterback not on an injury report for the Detroit Lions is undrafted rookie David Blow. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce I'm it? I'm sorry, could you say that again, please? David Blow. How do you spell that? B-L-O-U-G-H. Can you use that in a sentence? <laughs> That's what I was just going to ask him. Careful. Can I get a definition? FCC appropriate, Can I get a definition, please? He may. Now, Driscoll could play. That's why I said this is risky, but, man, that is tempting. That's just way too tempting. Are you taking him? To have an undrafted Detroit Lions rookie starting at quarterback against my Bears on Thanksgiving to give me David Blow Thursday. All right, and here's the rule. the Chicago Bears. If David Blow does not play in that game, Rami yes, will be saddled with, the, with an average QBR. Be a I get 50. a 50. Let it ride. I'm, but it's too tempting, You could man. take Trubisky. Couldn't you? Nah. You were taking Trubisky all year long. How can you and smash up on uh, Trubisky? I can't do it. Okay, not in this game, but I'm Dude, shocked you know, that you haven't taken Trubisky. We yet. should almost change the 50 rule to 75. What? Uh, we can't do that right now. We can't do a mid-season. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-season. Change the oars, we'll do it next year. Okay. Loss, I'm just going to throw that yeah. out there. Okay, but we okay. can't do that right now. Okay. If we did that, you'd get... Oh, no, you still wouldn't lose that week. <laughs> Well, when I when I picked who I picked someone picked on a bye week, Falk. you picked Luke <laughs> yeah. Falk on a bye week, and Mitchell Trubisky beat you with an eighty four point yeah. three. That's right. Judd picked him. I'm the master of quarterback cesspool challenge. All right, over to Jonathan. 
I'm going to pick a guy who the last time he played threw four interceptions in Mexico City. Now he has to travel across country to play the pretty good Buffalo Bills defense. I'm taking Phillip Rivers, who looks pretty washed you know, this you, season. You, you make fun of him for throwing four picks in Mexico City, but that's a great story to tell your kids someday, isn't it? Through four through picks four. in Mexico City. I don't think that's a great story. Is that a story. song? You need a theater. It sounds, you, like, it a sounds like a song. song. You need a full theater uh, to sit all of his kids to tell the story. four picks in Mexico City. Uh, that leaves me. It does. And I'm going to, for the first time this year, exploit a, a rule, a loophole that I believe is available to me. And yeah. I say, why not? I am taking Jeff Driscoll. Because <laughs> I think he plays. Wow, this is amazing. So, you're, so we have Lions two guys who take two Lions quarterbacks. There's no, there's no rule. Yes. I respect there's no, that. I am I going to take because my guess is he does try and play, and my guess is he limps around. And oh boy, would I just hate to you see know, the Bears destroy him? You know, it would be great if they both play Thursday. Yes, and then they're, they're if both. Driscoll starts, has to leave. Yep. I don't wish injury on anybody, but then my guy Blow has to play. How about if Driscoll starts, gets hurt? With like a six point eight QBR, Blow comes in and leads a great comeback and beats your Bears and puts <laughs> and puts up a ninety two point one. Football. I'm into this. I'm into this. I Thanksgiving love, just became more fun. I also love the current state of quarterbacking in the NFL. We're in week thirteen. Week thirteen, we're at Thanksgiving, and guys like Jeff Driscoll and David Blow are still on the board. That's what's amazing. God bless America. Pretty sure it's Blau. I just wanted to pronounce it like that. That works. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Tell. Uh, all right, Patrick Royce, uh, are you gonna are you gonna brave the elements? Are you gonna brave the foot of snow on Saturday and uh, go down to go down to Northrop Mall to hang out for College Game Day? No. Okay. <laughs> but if there were no elements, my answer would be no or not. Okay. So I don't want to get beat up by those raving maniacs. What go for holders? Uh, so. Uh, well, no. The one that I I suggested that anyone over twenty three years old who shows up as a complete dweeb and his wife ought to divorce him. And uh, I think that's on tonight's podcast. As a matter of fact, it is. And uh, you know, I'm a little afraid of these guys. They might uh, they might beat us up. If you're old, how old is Jonathan? Jonathan, how old are you? I'm twenty nine. Thank God, my wife doesn't listen. Okay. You're like being ordered there as a work thing. You're not yeah. going because you're dumb enough to want to do it. You know? Says you. Would you really go, Jonathan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Oh, my gosh. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. They're never coming back. Come on. <laughs> Why would they not come back if you're in the same situation next year? Are you going to be you in know? the same situation next year? Well, God knows yes. that's what makes America great. <laughs> I would imagine that if, if you get a big crowd at the mall this time, they'll have a big, you know, and they in lousy weather, uh, they'll be back. Uh, they'll be back soon. You know, hell, they've been to Fargo twice and Brookings once. They'll come back. Uh, they like it. They come back. They like it in this part of. They like it in this part of the country. So anyway. No, I have no interest. In fact, I won't watch it either because I think you're all a bunch of uh, <laughs> morons. Oh, come on. You're not going to flip flip by it real quick? No, no, no. It's an official Roycey boycott. What do you What do you have against fun, Pat? I just, I don't have anything against fun. I have the, the fact that people are making this into being some wonderful occasion for the University of Minnesota when a month ago, two weeks, six weeks ago, they were in Brookings, 18,000 people, Minneapolis, 
We've had Super Bowls. We've had Final Fours. We've had World Series. We've had zip line across the river, and we're supposed to get excited about this. Whoa, 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 whoa. There was a zip old... line across the river? That scared yeah. me. Don't. I, I was completely four scared. Poor old silly, senile Lee Corso standing there waiting to see what kind of hat he puts on. I got to tell you, though, I'm not an expert on it because I've probably watched 10 minutes of my life. So the only time I ever watched it was when they had Katie Perry. D- Drunk, jumping on the tables down an old mess. I thought that was pretty good. I might have watched that do one, too. A, do we have a hot babe, University of Minnesota, former student, that we can uh, get to hang out? You know, be this. Uh, we got to have something. You know, we got to have uh, a Lindsey Vaughn type who went to the U, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Anybody are. famous? There's probably some Instagram fame out there. But <laughs> what, influencers? Hey, we'll take anything. We'll take anything. That would be let's great get, if it was an Instagram influencer. Let's get our version of Katy Perry, and then she can leave there, get hammered, and jump on the tables over stuff and her. That'd be great. <laughs> you remember that Katy Perry picture of her swan diving into the... Hold on a second. I can find this. Yeah, Katy Perry is one of the great uh, guest pickers in ESPN game day history, for sure. She knew nothing about football. I was going to say, is she a football fan? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, but she, uh, they loved her at Old Miss, man. <laughs> Did she even go what to Old Miss, or was it just a random? Oh yeah, here she is. Oh yeah, okay. Remember, remember Old Miss and uh, when Mississippi State and Old Miss were like one of two and five in the country. What the hell happened? They're both horrible. <laughs> Old Miss, of course, was cheating like crazy. That might have had something to do with their fact that they fell off so fast, like rapidly. And uh, Mississippi State lost Dak, Dak Prescott. I guess that explained that. So yeah. anyway, Pat, are you uh, are you in or out on Josh Donaldson? Out. Not not at those prices. Not at those prices. Two uh, two injury prone. Uh, what is he? Thirty one now. Thirty. Thirty three. Yeah. No, 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 thank you. Don't want him. Spend it on pitching. Don't spend that kind of money on him. You're okay there. You're okay there. You're, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to uh, fix third base with him. It's not, I, I, you know, give me Matt Chapman at his age and a great defend, defender, but, you know, Donaldson, Donaldson just had a healthy year, which probably means he's going to play 50 games next year by landing on his back doing something. I don't trust him. I uh, I don't trust him health wise. Am I wrong? Who's uh, who's uh, any, anybody all over? Anybody on him? He's going to cost the the, big the, the price has to be right. I think if you if you added him on yeah. like a two year contract I, and he wants to hit thirty five bombs and play some better third base and Miguel Sano moves over, I'm I'm in I'm in, but I'm not in for like sixty million dollars over three years or anything. No, no, it's, like, it's more than that. I heard somebody talking about it yesterday. They expect them to get like 70 or something like that. Oh, then no, I'm out. For I'm how out long, Pat? I'm out at years. that number. Uh, three. You know. Apparently, there's a lot of teams interested in him. Everybody likes his attitude, you know. And, uh, hell, he's so old, Perky, and he had a few. Oh, it was Poor old decrepit great. Perk, Perky hasn't been <laughs> pitching for years, for God's sake. <laughs> Perky's out cooking meat nose. In a shed someplace, you know, and, and Donaldson's still taking money. So more importantly, I throwing beer. Uh, huh? I, I said more importantly, Perky's brewing beer. Perky needs more hobbies. Doesn't have enough hobbies. Building building ice arenas. 
<laughs> cooking meat and making beer and everything else. That's the Sounds problem like the with the me. problem with modern sports. You get rich when you're 32 years old, <laughs> yeah, and you just, problem, you're bored right. for 50 years. There's nothing to do. Yeah, you got to figure out something to do. That's that is true. That's uh, that's you know, it's a problem that we well, we're fortunately some of us aren't in that position, so we could get to continue to enjoy life <laughs> by by working. Uh, you know, so. Tell all of a sudden we just we're out shoveling snow someday and we drop dead. So we you're you're a real that. bundle of joy on the show. I'm worried today, about that in, in, in the you? next four days, Pat. Jeez. I'm concerned. Uh, I just turned fifty. This might be wet snow. I am a prime candidate to drop, and I'm worried because I don't yeah, no, have a snowblower. Uh, you're at the age now, Judd, where you get somebody to do that for you. You, you don't go don't out. Don't have a snowblower. I got to tell you guys a story about what I'm uh, what a genius I am about what takes place around a home. So they were ripping up our lawn here uh, a, six, a month ago to put in some wire, you know, like, you know, fire fiber wires or some damn thing. So yesterday, last night I get home, I look out the window, and there's these five or six sticks sitting right along the driveway. And I said, now what are these bleeping bleepers going to do? Carve up my driveway, you know. They they got they can do anything they want. Apparently, you can't stop them. They're right in the middle of your lawn. And I'm getting myself all upset, so I get my wife to come down and take a peek. And she said, "Ah, uh, I believe he's put up those sticks. And when he snows the says plows the driveway this week, he knows what the parameters of it are." And I said, "Oh, okay, thank you." <laughs> Never occurred to me that the snowplow guy had put those in there. So. Snowplow? Really? <laughs> so they put the huh? sticks? I didn't know that. Well, our, our old guy, our, our former guy didn't do it, but this, uh, we got a new uh, fellow who replaced him, and he apparently is uh, is uh, trying not to carve up the lawn. You know, that sounds like way too much work and, and preparation for snow plowing. Yeah, but man alive. Let's see, you get 30 bucks. Takes five minutes. Yeah. You go to the next place, takes five more minutes to go to the next place. Ah, you're making a hundred eighty. You're making a hundred twenty an hour, and you're out eight hours. You know, you're right. making a grand. But if I plow your lawn, I don't care. Well, that's. Uh, you get my point. I didn't really. I, yeah, I know. I would. I wouldn't bother to do it. But uh, you know, yeah, this is not our I, plan I here. I was, I guess I was trying to pass along how I, I don't really know what's going on around. <laughs> around hey, I'm with you. Oh, actually, owning a house. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking to two guys that never should have owned homes. I tell Don all the time, the <laughs> dumbest thing we ever did was buy this house. Tax break. Oh, that's I great. Should, I should. I should still live in that apartment in Bloomington. Two bedrooms. And a cable TV, and the one bedroom was just to throw my clothes in, and the other was for me. I should still be there. Glorious existence right I there. Am. That that other bedroom would be full of cash money, not by now, but no, no, I had to <laughs> be a dummy. And now, and now you got to now you got to come Chinese on and entertain the masses in ten minute chunks. Like could have done, done the same thing. <laughs> a Chinese, Chinese restaurant across the street, oh. cable TV, and what else does the guy need? So, and the garage, by the way, that so parking spot right next to the elevator. Oh. You're saying you're saying stay right where I am because you're describing my That's life right, right now. Don't move. Okay. Don't buy it. Don't buy any. You know, don't move. Don't let them talk you into it. Well, um, I have. I own a house here in Milwaukee, but I just rent it out. It's a source of income now. It's not my problem. 
sell it if you can. Something bad will happen. If the pipes fall <laughs> up, you got to pay for it, right? Yes. Yes, huh? that is yeah. true. Pat's got a point. He does. Pat. That's uh, We appreciate the uh, uplifting conversation. <laughs> today's, today's, <laughs> today's homeowner advice. Get rid of it while you can. Homeownership with Royce. Today's advice. Get rid of it while you still can. He's so right. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North app. Apple, Spotify, where you can find our podcast. Bye, Rami. Happy Thanksgiving, boys. See you, Rami. You too.